This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis. This week, I had a chance to sit down and talk to Kevin Wolf, owner and proprietor of the Baba Kevin Barbecue Restaurant here in Taipei. Kevin comes from San Francisco, California, where he worked as a paramedic for six years and then went to UC Berkeley for Asian studies with a focus on China. He had his sights set on moving to Asia, so he joined a study abroad program that landed him here in Taipei. My last semester at UC Berkeley was a study abroad program because in 2001 I came to Taiwan. I really liked it. I had everything here. So 2004 was my last semester, uh, and I did the study abroad program. It was the ICLP program uh, sponsored by NTU. Uh, so through the Berkeley uh, and other colleges, um, a lot of people um, came to this program. It was great. It was fun. I learned a lot. It was eat, sleep, Chinese all day long. So we learned a lot. But at the end of that program, um, now we're, we're five years or four or five years into my didactic language studies and I'm thinking you know what I can order from a menu I can you know uh, it's a novel I can I can make girls laugh and you know make people impressed wow your Chinese is so good oh fine but you know what I couldn't it wasn't functional I couldn't use it to conduct a meeting negotiate I thought you know what I uh, I left my job as a paramedic to go to, to go to college get a degree I had money saved up and I thought you know what I have no responsibilities back home why don't I stay in Taiwan for another year and just really buckle down and get this line, you know, study more Chinese. And learn Chinese he did. Kevin ended up going to both Shida and NTU after deciding to stay in Taiwan. Shida. Shida was a good language program. I actually learned a lot. It was a little bit more casual than the ICLP program. It gave us a chance to learn Chinese that you wouldn't learn from the books. Towards the end of that year, I'm thinking, you know, my Chinese is good, still not great. Let's do something a little bit better. Let's actually get a degree. So I applied for a couple colleges and I got into uh, NTU to do the uh, business program. Graduating from NTU opened a lot of doors. And just by saying I went to NTU, we're connected because you know you're my shweti. And then, uh, and so when people hear I went to NTU in Taiwan, they were very excited. And it's it just people automatically can relate. And I guess it's just like going to an Ivy League in the States or, or a prestigious college. And once you, you figure out your, your uh, classmates or alumni, Doors open. And that more so for NTU than, than other schools, I'd say. After graduating with his master's degree in business from NTU, Kevin began working at a technology company here in Taipei. Although he thought the technology was good, he became disenchanted by the corporate culture here in Taiwan. I, I got a lot of interest in the company by helping this company uh, market their core competencies, which they weren't really focused on. They had this really good technology, but the problem was they were focused on all these little knickknacks like a set-top box and kiosks and cell phones and the hardware play, but they just didn't focus on the technology. Uh, and so when I promoted that to the investors, they were very, very happy. Um, and then when the investors came in and actually talked to the boss, it was, it was like, Kevin, is this the same company you were, you were <laughs> talking, to, talking to us about? And, and it was disappointing. It was very frustrating, but uh, unfortunately... From what I learned in, 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 in corporate in Taiwan, you have a big boss, and anybody else besides the big boss is pretty much a secretary. During a fateful trip to America for his wedding, Kevin cooked barbecue for his wife and a few friends. Their reaction spurred him to start barbecuing here in Taipei. Uh, my wife kept pushing me to go into food because um, we're back in when we got married in 2007. And so when we went back for the wedding and I cooked some barbecue for, for my wife and uh, the friends we brought over, it's like, oh my God, this is so much better than... Western restaurant's name. <laughs> she kept harping on me to go into to, to do food. And, and I'm like, okay. So that, you know, after I finished my contract, I was out of uh, corporate. I thought, okay, well, let's try. First things first, to make American barbecue, you need a smoker. 
Kevin couldn't find a smoker to his liking here in Taiwan or anyone to make it to his specifications, so he built it himself. No one here can make smokers. There's no smokers sold in Taiwan. You can get the imported German versions, but those are like electric commercial. It's not, not authentic. I mean, it's not the way you cook barbecue in America, right? So I built my own. So I got pictures of me building my own barbecue pit, and it was fun. And so that's how we started. It was like a very low-cost, very conservative, because we didn't know how barbecue would, would work in Taiwan. Kevin started slowly, conservatively, by providing frozen pre-cooked barbecue and catering on the side while running an IT company. Kevin's IT company helped smaller businesses who couldn't build and maintain a website and domain here in Taiwan for a low pay-as-you-go fee. That business model didn't work out, for reasons explained to him by a stranger at a bar. The problems with that was explained to me very, very well by an old man at a bar one day while I was sitting down complaining to uh, the bartender about a bad customer. He said, yeah, Kevin, I understand that business model, but it's shit. What? Excuse me? I just met this guy. What are you calling my business model shit for? No, he's literally, it's shit. You're only going to attract the flies, which was very, very, very wise of him. Because you're right. You're going to attract the companies with no money uh, and no resources to, to pay if anything goes wrong. With the IT business not going according to plan and the popularity of his barbecue rising, Kevin quit and focused on the endeavor that was more enjoyable. I stopped doing IT and com- focused completely on barbecue in about 2011. Uh, 2013. 2013, sorry. Yeah. That really stepped up my game. We got all new equipment. Uh, we got a new truck. All the money we made, we put back into the company for a long time. We just wanted to, I mean, it was, it was fun. I mean, come on, barbecue. You're being paid, earning money to go out to a park, cook some barbecue, talk to pretty girls, good guys, you know, making friends, drinking a little bit of beer and, and serving good food, having everybody compliment you. And then, wow, it's like fun. Turns out, barbecue isn't just fun, it's profitable, too. His barbecue business continued to grow until he decided it was time to open up a brick-and-mortar restaurant. So what we wanted, we really wanted to open a restaurant. And we started, we, we started talking to people who might want to partner with us or get some investment because we didn't have the millions of dollars it would take to open a place. At the time, you know, people had our food and they really liked it, but the, the terms of, of any kind of cooperation were just ridiculous. I mean, people want half the company for like a a million NT, (laughs) you know, some small, really that's, I mean, decline. (laughs) We just, we did it the long way. We just did it all ourselves, all organically. We grew organically. We had no uh, investment from any partners or anybody. We just worked for, we worked our asses off, excuse me, (laughs) we worked our butts off for, for a good uh, four and a half, five years, almost, almost six. Opening up a restaurant in Taiwan or otherwise is a huge task. A restaurant isn't just about being able to provide good food. A lot of other things have to go your way. Kevin had to overcome a few obstacles to make his dream of owning a barbecue restaurant into a reality. It all started with finding a space for their restaurant. Getting this place, yeah, it was, it was empty for five years. And then uh, finally they're, they're hanging the sign for rent and they haven't even finished hanging it yet. And I'm calling them or trying to negotiate. And yeah, um, wow, that was terrible, terrible experience. Case okay, so for one. There's something in Taiwan called a Fangkong Binanshi, and it's an air raid shelter. Why are there so many restrictions for air raid shelters? I don't know. But basically, we could not do anything with this downstairs space. It's a 90, 90 ping restaurant, although we can only use about 60 ping. So basically, we couldn't do seating down here after we signed the contract. We asked for the use license and the, the floor plan. And they said, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You can, you, you, we don't have a, a, a floor plan or anything like that. Well, so we're trusting this guy from Xinyi Fangwu. 
and okay, fine. Uh, we sign the lease. We're good to go. Let's start. And then we find out, no, you can't do anything you want to do <laughs> with the downstairs space. And so we were, we were really disappointed. He then had to navigate the regulations of opening a restaurant. He found this process frustrating, especially in comparison with how it is in America. In America, um, we'll, we'll just compare for a second. You have a list of, uh, you have a checklist. And it's, this is a government approved checklist. You check off your, your, your marks, you're good to go. Uh, and you're, you're, you're being inspected, you're fine. You follow, the, you follow the checklist pretty much. In Taiwan, there's no checklist. You don't know what kind of ventilation system is all. There's nothing certified. There's no numbers. I mean, you just have to build it. And if it's bad, they're going to come and, and tell you to change it. So it's very, very troublesome to do something right the first time in Taiwan. He gave an example of how a lack of a checklist impacted his restaurant. We have had problems. I mean, we have had the, uh, the, uh, the EPA come, the health inspectors come, and everything's good. We, um, we've invested $700,000 into the ventilation system to take care of smoke and odor. And we didn't even think about noise pollution. So the fans we installed, we actually had to uh, change that out uh, to make it a quieter fan, and that cost us even more money. He also had trouble finding the right people to help him run his restaurant, noting that some people didn't want to do the hard work that came with the job. What I see is this. I see like hiring uh, people in Taiwan, very, very difficult. To find the, pe- the, the team that I built here, it took me a year to build. But the guys I have now, awesome. Couldn't run this place without them. And, and I value them very much. But I had to hire and fire uh, like uh, 18 people to find this team. And within a year, that's a lot of people to go through. And, and the reason I think is that the younger generation, they want to find a job that's fun and easy. And they don't, anytime I say, oh yeah, you got to clean toilets and wash floors, they're out the door immediately. I mean, they just don't want to do that kind of labor. Generally speaking, not everyone, generally speaking. Um, and that's why it just took so long to find good people. People who are not afraid of work, and I pay well for hard work. I pay a premium because I value them, and I want them to stay. So, after finding a space for his restaurant, navigating the sometimes convoluted restaurant regulations, and finding good help, Kevin notes that an ever-present challenge still faces restaurants here in Taiwan. I don't think the economy is getting any better. <laughs> uh, fewer and fewer people, I mean, you can tell. In the beginning of the month when everyone gets paid, business is great. And towards the end of the month, like now, restaurants are, are relatively empty. All that said, Kevin's restaurant is doing well, and he and his family are enjoying life here in Taiwan. I thank Taiwan for everything. Taiwan has given me an awesome family. I love so much, and a great business, great opportunities. Taiwan's an awesome country, and it's safe. My kids can go in the morning to buy breakfast, and they can go to the park and play, and I don't have to worry too much. Uh, but being American, I do still have that worry. Like when a car backfires and you hear that shot, and we duck because we think it's gunshots. You know, it's just things like, you know, in culture. Um, so I have a lot to thank for Taiwan. And, and when I want to, when I bring up these issues with uh, how to improve or how to make Taiwan better, it, it's like you said, constructive criticism. It's not to, to say Taiwan's bad in any way. It's just there are frustrating parts of, of being a, a business owner that could be easier and for no other reason just to change a few laws, you know, change a few rules. But I do understand there's people who, who take advantage of the system. And last but not least, Kevin gives a shout out to his family for helping him get to where he is today. Now, let me, let me say this first because this is really important. I couldn't have done it without my mother-in-law, uh, my wife, my father-in-law, uh, even my mom back in America. All helped out tremendously. I mean, I can cook some good meat, but without their resources and their help and their guanxi, it would have been impossible to start this business. That was this week's Taiwan Talk. Thank you for listening. I'm Alex Lewis.